According to popular belief in Africa, there exists a mystical, spiritual power or force that God has control over it. Spirits and ancestors can use it. And some humans also know how to tap into it, either for good or evil. This is between fact and fiction. In the past episode, we talked about magic and delved deep into it, but not deep enough. You see, black magic is directed toward enemies. Those who use it are believed to have power to send bats, birds, and flies, and other animals to attack people. Black magic is widely believed to be responsible for fights, illness, and even death. During his period of scholarship, A.E. Wade provided a comprehensive account of black magic practices, rituals, and traditions in the Book of Black Magic and Ceremonial Magic. Other practitioners have expanded on those ideas and offered their own comprehensive list of rituals and concepts. Black magic practices and rituals include true name spells, immortality rituals, necromancy, and curses. Necromancy is a supposed practice of magic involving communication with the deceased, either by summoning their spirit as an apparition or raising them bodily for the purpose of imparting the means to foretell future events or discover hidden knowledge, to bring someone back from the dead or to use the deceased as a weapon. The word necromancy is adapted from late Latin, and the oldest account of necromancy is found in Homer's Odyssey, under the direction of Circe, a powerful sorceress. Odysseus travels to the underworld in order to gain insight about his impending voyage home by raising the spirits of the dead through the use of spells which Circe has taught him. Practices such as these, varying from the mundane to the grotesque. The Key of Solomon is a grimoire, incorrectly attributed to King Solomon. It probably dates back to the 14th or the 5th centuries, Italian Renaissance. It presents a typical example of Renaissance magic. It is possible that the Key of Solomon inspired later works, such as the Lesser Key of Solomon, although there are many differences between those books. The Lesser Key of Solomon is an anonymous grimoire or spellbook on demonology 
It was combined in the mid-17th century, mostly from materials a couple of centuries older. You can find detailed explanations of how to raise 72 demons, which King Solomon managed to capture. You will not only find how to evoke them, but also learn more about them. What are their qualities and what they can do? Many such grimoires attributed to King Solomon were written during the Renaissance, ultimately being influenced by earlier works of Jewish Kabbalists and Arab alchemists. These in turn incorporated aspects of the Greco-Roman magic of late antiquity. Several versions of the Key Solomon exist in various translations with minor to significant differences. The Key of Solomon is divided into two books. It describes not the appearance of any spirit, but only the necessary drawings to prepare each magical operations. Unlike later grimoires, such as the Lesser Key of Solomon, the Key of Solomon does not mention the signature of the 72 demons constrained by King Solomon in a bronze vessel. As in most medieval grimoires, all magical operations are performed through the power of God, to whom all the invocations are addressed. Before any of these operations are performed, the operator must confess his sins and purge himself of evil, invoking the protection of God. Book 1 of the Key of Solomon contains conjurations invocations and curses to summon and constrain spirits of the dead and also demons in order to compel them to do the operator's will. It also describes to find stolen items, become invisible, gain favor and love and so on. Book 2 however describes various purifications, which the operator should undergo, how they should clothe themselves, how the magical implements used in their operations should be constructed, and what animal sacrifices should be made to the spirits. According to the mythical history of the document, Solomon wrote the book for his son, Rahabom and commanded him to hide the book in his sepulcher upon his death. After many years, the book was discovered by a group of Babylonian philosophers repairing Solomon's tomb. None of them could interpret the texts, until one of them, Ayoi Gervais, suggested that they could entreat the Lord for understanding. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and extracted a promise that he would keep the text hidden from the unworthy and the wicked. After Grievous read the book plainly, he placed the conjuration on the book that the unworthy, the unwise, or those who did not fear God would not attain the desired effect from any of the workings in the book.
Within the tales related in magical manuscripts, there is the Book of Abramelin, which tells the story of an Egyptian mage named Abramelin, who taught a system of magic to Abraham of Worms. The system of magic from this book regained popularity in the 19th and the 20th centuries. Due to the effort of Samuel McGregor Mather's translation, the Book of the Sacred Magic of Abramelon the Mage. Its import within the Hemetric Order of the Golden Dawn and later within the mystical system of Thelma, created in the 1948 by Aleister Crowley, an English occultist and ceremonial magician. The text describes an elaborate ritual whose purpose is to obtain the knowledge of the magician's guardian angel. The preparations are elaborate, difficult, and long. All of the German text describes a duration of the operation of 18 months before any divine contact is known. In the Mathers translation, the initial phase of working the system lasts only six months. During the period of work, the magician must daily pray before sunrise and again at sunset. During this preparatory phase, there are many restrictions must be observed. Alcoholic beverages refused and the magician must conduct his business with fairness. After the preparatory phase has been successfully completed, the magician's holy guardian angel will appear and reveal magical secrets. Once this accomplished, the magician must evoke the twelve kings of hell, Lucifer, Satan, Bleal, etc., and bind them. Thereby, the magician gains control of them in his own mental universe and removes their negative influence from his life. The study of magic as a distinct cultural phenomenon has a long history in anthropological, sociological, and historical studies. Although some distinctions between magic and other religions or scientific activities may be useful, magic cannot be studied in isolation as it once was. Practices classified as magic represent essentially an aspect or reflection of the worldview held by a particular people at a particular point in their own historical development. Magic like religion and science is thus a part of one's conception to the idea. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, leave a review on iTunes. And if it happens that you're on SoundCloud, hit the like button and share with friends. And if you want to know more about me and the show, visit my website. That's betweenfactandfictionblog.wordpress.com You'll find there my Twitter, Instagram, and my SoundCloud. And a huge thanks to my supporter, Noisy Spirit. Noisy Spirit is a podcast show 
of your true ghost stories and supernatural. We told from the perspective of you fans. Just submit your stories to David and check him out at Noisy Spirit. Ask. And not to mention, Spines Podcast. Spines is a new serialized audio drama by Zone Doom. The first episode will be available October 21st, but just by listening to the teaser, I'm already excited for more. You can check it out at Spines Podcast. Till the next time.